نکسورہ بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورت الطارق سورت الطارق is a مکی سورہ خالد ابن عدوانی said that I found the Prophet صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم in the market of ثقیف he was standing leaning on a staff or a bow bow and, bow and arrow I heard him recite سورت الطارق and I memorized it and I was still not a Muslim Then Allah gifted me with Islam. And I recited Surah Al-Tariq as a Muslim. This is reported in Musnad Ahmad. The Prophet ﷺ, he would recite Qur'an before who? Everybody. Not just Muslims. He would also read it to who? Non-Muslims. Because the Qur'an is hudal nas. It is a guidance for all people. And we see that People at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they heard the Qur'an, and that is what brought them iman. They heard the Qur'an, understood its meanings. They were affected by its beauty, its power. And that is what brought them faith. So this is why it's important for us to learn these surahs also, and memorize them, recite them in salah, to revive our faith daily. Jabir radiallahu anhu said that once Mu'adh radiallahu anhu led the salah and he recited Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Nisa. This was at the end of the day. And so some people, they were really tired because they had been working all day. Remember people of Medina, many of them were farmers. So they were exhausted by the end of the day and here the imam is reciting Surah Al-Baqarah in fard prayer. And he doesn't stop at Surah Al-Baqarah, he begins Surah Al-Nisa. Subhanallah. Firstly, look at the fact that they knew these surahs by heart. And then they are reciting them in fard salah. We would barely recite them in tahajjud, but he's reciting them in fard salah. Anyway, some people, they broke their salah. Alright? And they prayed their own prayer themselves. And they complained to the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ got upset with Mu'adh. And he said, anta ya Mu'adh? Are you putting people in trial, O Mu'adh? You're putting them in hardship? What are you doing? In such a difficult situation where if they keep praying, they don't have the strength. And if they break the salah, even that is not very nice, what should they do? He said, مَا كَانَ يَكْفِيكَ أَن تَقْرَأَ بِالسَّمَاءِ وَالطَّارِقِ وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا وَنَحْوِهَا Meaning, was it not sufficient for you to recite وَالسَّمَاءِ وَالطَّارِقِ meaning Surah Al-Tariq or وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا meaning Surah Al-Shams or something like that. So from this hadith we see that these surahs can be recited in the daily prayers. Which ones? In Fajr of course, long. right? But we see that here, Maghrib, Isha and in the previous narration I mentioned to you in Zuhur also. In Surah Al-Buruj, we learned that everything is visible. It's witnessed. Nothing is hidden. Right? The sky, that is of stars, it's witnessed. The Day of Judgment will be witnessed. And whatever happens, shahid wa mashhud. The crimes, the atrocities of people are also witnessed. We see that in Surah Al-Tariq, hidden matters are mentioned. That even things that are hidden, they're known to Allah. وَالسَّمَاءِ وَالطَّارِقِ By the sky and the night comer. Sama. What is sama? Everything that is above you. And this includes the seven heavens. وَالسَّمَاءِ وَالطَّارِقِ By the sky and by the tariq. 
What is a tariq? Tariq from tariqa of tariq pathway, and tariq is one who walks on the path, one who journeys. Tariq is to knock, darb to hit the door, to knock on the door. So tariq is used for someone who travels in the night, arrives at night, and knocks at the door at night. The night visitor. The night visitor. Now of course, if somebody comes at night and rings the doorbell, would you be surprised? Would you be? Of course you would be. Well, why? There's a doorbell which is supposed to be rung. And if somebody's ringing it, what's the big deal? Why are you surprised? What's so surprising? It's the fact that it is being done in the night. Right? So tariq, as we will see in the verses, that وَالسَّمَاءِ وَالطَّارِقُ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا الطَّارِقُ And what can make you know what is the tariq? It is النَّجْمُ الثَّاقِبُ It is a najm, the star, which is a thaqib, piercing. So why is the piercing star, meaning very bright star, called a tariq? Because it's visible in the night, and it grabs your attention. Some have said that it refers to the morning star or Saturn, Allahu A'lam. But it is a najmu thaqib. Thaqib is from thaqaf ba. And thaqaba is to drill a hole. Okay? It's also used for brilliant light. So, najmu thaqib, meaning a star that is of piercing, brilliant light. It is as if it is piercing through, traveling through the darkness of the night, piercing through it, making a hole through it, and then you see it. It grabs your attention. Why is this oath taken? What is the purpose? What is being established by this oath? In kullu nafsin. In not. Kullu nafsin. Every soul. Lamma except that alayha upon it is hafiz. A protector. A guard. Lamma gives a meaning of illa over here. There is not a soul except that there is a hafiz over it. You see, hafidha, hifz is to watch, to guard. Right? Hifz, to preserve the Qur'an, retain it in memory. Right? To guard it from being forgotten. This is hifz. So, hafidha li is to guard something in order to protect it. But hafidha ala is to guard something for the purpose of surveillance. Is there a difference? There are people who are being watched in a hospital. And then there are people who are being watched in a jail. Is there a difference? Of course there is. One is being protected. And one is being watched. Their actions are being watched. Here, which kind of hifz is mentioned? لَمَّا عَلَيْهَا حَافِظٍ the one who is being watched under surveillance. There is not a soul. And you see, insan is not mentioned, nafs is mentioned, because nafs again, it's hidden, it's inside. It's your soul, who you are inside. So there is nothing inside of you, except that it is being watched. Even the hidden matters about you are being 
watched. By who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And being recorded by who? By His angels. In Surah Al-Infitar, وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ لَحَافِظِينَ كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ This is very frightening. Because if we're embarrassed about something, but it is our reality, we don't expose it. We try to keep it inside. Or we try to keep it private. We put passcodes on it. We put fake smiles on it. Right? So that people don't have access to what we're trying to hide. But there is nothing inside of us except that it is being watched. It's under surveillance. So what is that thing that we can hide from Allah? Nothing. فَلْيَنظُرِ insanu. So let the human being look at. Let him observe. مِمَّ خُلِقْ From what he was created. فَلْيَنظُرْ نَظَرَ Nazara is to look at something, but not just look, but look, reflect, pay attention. So man should reflect on what? Mimma khuliq. You see, it's not mimma, it's mimma. Because what is it that man is created from? From a drop of liquid. And that drop of liquid, what is it? It's so small. Mimma. Little bit. And from that drop of liquid even, there is that tiny microscopic cell from which he is created. Mimma khuliq. Look at your origin. What are you in reality? Because when is it that we become negligent towards Allah and we start keeping things in our heart which are not good, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not approve of? When? When we feel arrogant. Isn't it? Like for example, keeping bad feelings for parents, teachers, spouse, one's own children, one's own family. Bad feelings for them. Or co-workers. Why do these feelings come in? And if they come in, why do they settle and deepen in the heart? Why? Because you're feeling that you deserve better. Right? People should respect you. And they should give you a certain position. And they should not speak to you the way they spoke to you. Etc, etc. It's pride. All the evils of the heart, they can be boiled down to one problem. And that problem is pride. What's the reason behind jealousy? What is it? It's pride. What is the reason behind anger? It's pride. What is the reason behind not being able to forgive someone? It's pride. What is the reason behind hating someone, disliking someone? Pride. So, فَلْيَنظُرِ الْإِنسَانُ مِمَّ خُلِقُ Realize that whatever you keep inside, it's being watched. So look, think about what you were made from. Humble yourself. خُلِقَ مِن مَاءٍ Man was created from a liquid, ma water, meaning liquid, that is dafiq, that is ejected. Dafiq dal faqaf, dafaqa is to pour forth. And dafaqa is when something gushes forth quickly and forcefully. And this is referring to the sperm or the semen as it is ejected from the man's body. خُلِقَ مِن مَاءٍ يَخْرُجُ It comes out 
مِن بَيْنِ السُّلْبِ From between the backbone وَالتَّرَائِبْ and the ribs Meaning the asl, the origin of this liquid is where? Somewhere between the sulb and the taraib. Now what is the sulb? Sulb, spine. Basically the word sulb is used for something that's hard, firm, robust. And taraib is the plural of the word tariba. Taraba. And tariba has been interpreted in different ways. Some have said that tariba refers to rib. But not, not any rib bone, especially those that are at the top. Linguists say where a necklace is worn. Okay, so basically right at the top of your rib cage. This is what tariba is. Some have said that the tariba, taraib, includes, it refers to the yadan, the two arms, rijlan, the two legs, and aynan, the two eyes. So basically the whole body. Isn't it? يَخْرُجُ مِن بَيْنِ الصُّلْبِ وَالتَّرَائِبِ What is meant is that this liquid, its source is somewhere, it comes from where? Somewhere between the backbone and the rib. Or, if you take the other meaning, arms, legs, basically it's the essence of the whole body. And if you think about it, it is essentially produced in the particular organ, which is the testes, but it is nourished by what? Sustained by what? The whole body. No organ of the body works independently. Isn't it? It works within a system. And especially the sperm cell, what is it? It's the essence of the entire body. Isn't it? يَخْرُجُ مِن بَيْنِ الصُّلْبِ وَالتَّرَائِبِ Some have also said that it refers to the particular organ, right? And the male sexual organ, and it is said that right before birth is when it descends, right? In the male child, before the male child is born, there is the descent of this particular sexual organ, right? And it descends from where? Somewhere between here, between the rib and the backbone. يَخْرُجُ مِن بَيْنِ الصُّلْبِ وَالتَّرَائِبِ Whatever the meaning is, it can be interpreted in different ways. What is the point over here? What is the message over here? Look at your origin, of human being. It's so disgusting, it's so embarrassing that you even find difficulty talking about it. But that is what you've been created from. And here you are, walking so proudly thinking of yourself as so mighty that you entertain feelings of jealousy and arrogance and pride against Allah and against His servants. إِنَّهُ عَلَىٰ رَجْعِهِ Indeed, He is, meaning Allah is, عَلَىٰ رَجْعِهِ upon His return. Meaning, returning the human being back to life. Allah is over this لَقَادِر Surely able. If Allah made man from a liquid, then why can He not bring him back? And it's amazing. In Fiqhul Qulub these days, I know you have your exams and stuff going on, but you should be free very soon. After that, please try to come on Friday, if you're free. And if you can, make time in your schedule. You learn Arabic and you learn how to reflect. You will learn the art of reflection. Okay. So this one ayah, the author writes... Which one? 
فَلْيَنظُرِ الْإِنسَانُ مِمْ مَخُلِقُ And he goes on talking about explaining it for like a good three, four pages. But it's amazing how the origin of man is what? Liquid. Something so small. But what happens? As this liquid, it settles and it grows. There are bones, there is flesh, there are organs, there are systems, there is intelligence. And this man, as he's born, he grows, he walks around. Look at your body. The origin of this body is what? A liquid. فَلْيَنظُرِ الْإِنسَانُ مِمَّا خُلِقْ We do look at our bodies. But when we look at them, either we look at them with pride and excessive admiration, or we look at them with feelings of anger. We should look at our, think about our origin to keep ourselves humble. إِنَّهُ عَلَى رَجْعِهِ لَقَادِرٌ Allah has the ability to bring man back again. When يَوْمَ تُبْلَ السَّرَائِرِ The day that Allah will bring man back again, recreate him, is the day when تُبْلَ السَّرَائِرِ تُبْلَ It will be put on trial. بَلَى To test, examine, analyze something, inspect it. So what will be inspected that day? As-sara'ir. Sara'ir is the plural of sarira. Sarira, secret. Sir is also a secret. What is sarira then? Sarira is that which is more secret than your secret. You understand? There are some things which you keep as a secret and you think, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody until end of December. First week of December, you can't keep it, you tell everybody about it. Right? Then what happens? There are some secrets which you... Keep, but then you tell only one or two people. And then there are some secrets which you tell yourself, Wallah, I'm never ever gonna tell anybody at all. Such people are rare. But everybody has something that they keep secret, that they don't tell even their best friend about, or their spouse, or their parent, or whoever. They don't tell anybody about it. It's a secret they keep inside. يَوْمَ تُبُلَ sarair. Those deep, hidden secrets will be brought out and inspected, examined. They'll be checked. No secret will remain secret that day. In Surah Adiyat, Ayah 9, Allah says, أَفَلَا يَعْنَمُ إِذَا بُعْثِرَ مَا فِي الْقُبُورِ وَحُصِّلَ مَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Whatever is in the sudur will be extracted, it will be brought out. فَمَا لَهُ مِن قُوَّةٍ وَلَا نَاصِرٍ Then man will have no quwa and no nasir. No strength and no helper. You see, when you're in good health, you have the strength, you have the ability to get a glass of water and drink it. Right? But when you're sick, do you have that quwa to go get a glass of water and drink it? You don't have that quwa. So then who do you need? A nasir, someone to help you. On the day of judgment, man will have no quwa to defend himself and no nasir, no internal, no inner strength and no external help. Nothing. So what does this mean then? Fix your affairs with Allah. وَالسَّمَاءِ ذَاتِ الرَّجْرِ Now another oath is mentioned. By the sky which returns. The sky that has a rajr. Rajr to return something. What does the sky return? What does it take? It takes up water and it sends it back down. Ibn Qayyim said that 
salty water from the ocean goes up to the sky. Right? It's, it evaporates, it goes up to the sky. And then it falls down as what? Sweet water. Doesn't it? It says, take your heart up, reach out to the one in the sky with your heart and see how it returns. Meaning you connect to, with Allah, you reach out to Him, you worship Him, then see what happens to you. You feel bitter inside, you feel horrible inside. Reach out to Allah. That is the way you cleanse yourself. That is the way you purify yourself. So as-sama, that is rajr. The sky, that has the property of rajr, of returning. Meaning whatever it takes up, it sends it back down. So this is referring to the cyclical nature of the sky, that how water goes up into it and then it comes down. So it refers to the rain. وَالْأَرْضِ ذَاتِ الصَّدْرِ And the earth that has a sadr, sadr to crack open, to split. Meaning the earth that breaks open. Why? What is falling from the sky? Rain. When rain will fall, what will come out of the earth? Plants. And as they will grow... What will they split? The earth. The rain repeatedly falls and the earth repeatedly produces, splitting with vegetation. An oath is taken. إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلٌ fasl. What is the response? That indeed the Qur'an is a decisive statement. What's the connection of the Qur'an with the rain and the growing plants? Big connection. Hmm? Yes, that how the Qur'an cleans a person, cleans his heart, cleans his inner state. What else? Yeah. yeah, that how it makes a person humble and cleans him and makes him productive also. That how you see the rain falls and then plants grow. So when the rain of Qur'an falls upon the heart, then the heart will not only humble and soften, but it also become Productive. You see, in order to grow plants somewhere, I don't know if you've ever done gardening, but I found the process of gardening, I don't do it, I just watch it happen. Okay? I find it very interesting. My father-in-law is, mashallah, an amazing gardener. He loves it. So, it doesn't happen like, okay, you just get the seeds and you put them in the mud and khalas. Just make sure you water them a little bit. No. You have to prepare the ground first. And in preparing the ground, you have to soften it. And sometimes when he's trying to soften it, what happens? Over the course of the few months, I remember at one time, the neighboring trees, their roots had grown into our lot. So he had to cut those out. Cut those out. Sometimes there's rocks. Clean up the soil. Dig it out. Put fresh, nice and soft. Then you put the seeds. Then you water. And then something will grow. Preparing the ground is so important. The heart is also like the ground. The Qur'an is like rain. It makes the heart productive. It makes you useful. As Allah says in Surah Baqarah, Ayah 74, that وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ لَمَا يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارِ That how some rocks, they break. Likewise, some hearts, so stubborn, full of pride, they break because of the Qur'an. Such deeply rooted sins, they go away 
because of the Quran. Innahu laqawlun fasl. This is a clear, decisive statement. Fasl also means that which distinguishes between right and wrong. So the Quran is like Furqan, decisive. The Prophet ﷺ said, The example of the guidance and knowledge with which Allah has sent me is like rain which has fallen on some ground. A fertile part of earth has absorbed the water and brought forth much grass and herbs. Another part which is solid, it didn't soften, but at least it held the water. And so that part of the earth didn't benefit itself, but others benefited from the water that it contained. And there is another kind of earth. And what is that? So hard that nothing stays on it, it just slips off. And so hard that nothing goes into it, so it doesn't benefit itself. So each person must think, what have I gained from the Qur'an? Has the Qur'an broken my ego? Has the Qur'an made me more humble? Has the Qur'an calmed me down? Has the Qur'an made me more productive, more careful, more useful, more beneficial? إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلٌ فَصْلٌ Because وَمَا هُوَ بِالْهَزْلٌ It is not amusement. This Qur'an is not for the purpose of amusement. Hazl is non-serious talk. Non-serious talk. To joke and to jest. This Qur'an is not for the purpose of entertainment. It's not for fun. It is قَوْلٌ فَصْلٌ It is قَوْلٌ ثَقِيلًا It is a heavy statement. So after reading this book, a person should really think about themselves. What have I gained from the Qur'an? Has the Qur'an changed me? Or was this just a pastime for me? إِنَّهُمْ يَكِيدُونَ كَيْدًا Indeed, they are plotting a plot. The enemies of the Prophet ﷺ, instead of believing in the Qur'an, what did they do? They plotted against the Prophet ﷺ. Instead of paying attention to the message of the Qur'an, they called it magic. Allah says, وَأَكِيدُ kayda." I am also plotting a plot. Why do you fear? They're making a plan to harm you. Why do you fear? I'm also making a plan. فَمَهِّلِ الْكَافِرِينَ So allow time to the deniers. أَمْهِلْهُمْ Allow them time. Ruwaidan for a little. Mahil amhil same root. Mim halam. Tamhil is to act patiently with someone without haste. You understand? To act patiently with someone without haste. Generally, what happens? You see somebody doing something wrong without even thinking or stopping for a moment. Instantly, we say something. Tamhil is what? You act without haste to give time. Because in order to act without haste, what do you have to do? Give time. Isn't it? You got into a small argument with someone, you saw them doing something wrong, you're really upset, you don't act hastily. What do you do? You pretend as if you didn't see it. Right? And then you go sleep. And then the next morning, then you discuss it. You gave it time. Right? This is tamheel. Now, ruwaid. What does ruwaid mean? Ruwaid is to leisurely proceed or to leisurely act. Okay? 
Ruwaid is to go to and fro. How? Very leisurely. You see like some people, they're very busy. Very busy or they've got something on their mind. How are they walking? Or how are they driving? How? They know where they're going, they're rushing. Weaving in and out of traffic, they know they're going somewhere. There are other people on the road, right, on the highway, driving on a 60 as if they've got nothing to do in their life. Isn't it? That is Ruwaid. You're like, wow, how relaxed. Right? It's 8.30. Yes, you may have to get to work at 9.30, but I have to be at school before 8.45. So, this is Ruwaid, to walk very leisurely, to proceed very leisurely. So, فَمَهِلِ الْكَافِرِينَ أَمْهِلْهُمْ رُوَيْدًا What does it mean? Don't rush. Be patient. Don't take their words and their plotting to heart. Don't take what they say seriously. Don't worry. Like we say, don't freak out. Just relax. Give this some time. Allah is planning. Just wait for some time. And you won't have to wait for very long. But just wait. And do not take any action. Do not make any hasty action against them. Give them some time. Yes. Bismillah. This verse is إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلٌ فَصْلٌ وَمَا هُوَ بِالْحَزْلٍ Just remember, these are the spoken words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spoken words of Jibreel alayhi salam, spoken words of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nobody writes it down. The companion wrote these words. So looking at these words even have an effect. And it has a physical effect, it has a spiritual effect. Physically when you recite, the oxygen goes inside and your lungs have an exercise. Spiritually, of course, these are the divine words. Looking, reading, and understanding, everything has an impact. Yes. And I know somebody, very young couple, the guy goes to the office every morning. He is in a habit of reading the Quran one page. If he's in a hurry, just three verses. If not even that time, he just open the Quran, look, and close and go. At least so I don't know, Allah likes, you know, whatever Allah likes. You see, إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلٌ فَصْلٌ وَمَا هُوَ بِالْحَزْلٍ Right? This Qur'an is decisive speech, right? Meaning, one that distinguishes between right and wrong, tells you what is okay and what is not okay. It's not hazl. You see, sometimes you read a book and it's full of randomness. You watch something, just random information. It doesn't make any sense, nonsense. Or you just enjoy it at that time and later... You don't think about it, you don't remember it, you don't benefit from it. Don't think of the Qur'an like that. That is just a book that you studied for the sake of studying, just for a course credit and then gone from your life. No. وَمَا هُوَ بِالْحَزْلِ This is not nonsense. This is something you need your entire life. Alright, let's listen to the recitation of the surahs. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء والطارق وما أدراك ما الطارق النجم الثاقب إن كل نفس لما عليها حافظ فَلْيَنظُرِ الْإِنسَانُ مِمَّ خُلِقَ 